The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about you, Cowboys? Cowboys! This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Your war room for insider news and draft analysis from deep within the confines of Cowboys headquarters at the Star in Frisco. The Dallas Cowboys and now, your hosts, Brian Broadus, Jeff Cavanaugh, Kyle Yeomans, and David Hellman. It is Thursday, March the 24th, 2022. It's time for another episode of the Draft Show presented by Miller Lite. I think the next time we talk to y'all, it'll be inside of a month until the 2022 NFL draft. Oof. Wild how that it's happens. Coming up. Six, seven, get your get your draft prep in order. Thirty five days from now. So yeah, you're exactly right. We start are. watching these guys. We, I was gonna say we're it's it's crunch day. Get in come out. What's that? When's Dane's book come out? Oh, dude, like, I need learn, Dane's learn the, book. Look, look, look those guys up. He I said can, first day or first week of April is what yeah. he said at the combine. Yeah. So I can tell you everything you need to know about like the first hundred and twenty guys, but <laughs> yeah. like the round yeah. six, round set. Dane, yeah. Dane Brugler, yep. I need your book, please. Listen, we are. A user-driven show, a listener-driven show. That's the goal, anyway. So I, I had a whole, I had a fun idea for a first segment planned out. I hope we have time for it later on in the show. But I'm just going to give the people what they want, guys. Jeff Cavanaugh, Brian Broadus, Kyle Yeomans. Forgot about that. Is it Sky Moore? No, it's not Sky Moore. Sky Moore, yes. Got that out of the way. He's going to go to the Chiefs or the Packers. I hate it a lot. He's going to have a thousand yard rookie year. No, we're going to talk about the opposite of Sky Moore, a guy from a big school who plays on defense. Ground. We have been hearing everything about. Uh, In case you live under a rock, the Cowboys were in Oxford, Mississippi, for Ole Mm. Miss's pro day yesterday. And guys, I just can't stop fielding questions about Sam Williams. And I think it's 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 enough. It's one thing when coaches and scouts show up to a pro day. That's what they're supposed to do. But Dan Quinn leads the Ole Miss edge rusher in positional drills at his pro day. He goes to talk to the media, uh, brings his son along and talks about how they've been all over him, about how he's talked to Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones thinks he could help Micah Parsons. So I get it. I get the curiosity about this guy, and so I'd like to lead the show off with a conversation about Sam Williams. What do you know? What do you think? He ain't bad. Mm-hmm. Um, he ran a four four six. So there we go. Being two hundred and sixty pounds and running in the four fours is pretty good. And you can watch him play against Charles Cross, which I did against Mississippi State, and. Uh, Sam Williams beats him a few times. Sure does. Like he is, he's a fast guy who has, I would say, flashes of power, but consistent tenacity. So he beat Charles Cross inside. He straight armed him and walked him back to the quarterback. I don't think he's necessarily like a nuanced rusher. I think he can get better in terms of hand usage and consistent pad level. And I don't think he's a bendy guy. Like a lot of times when he tries to win outside, he runs himself out of the play and he just runs behind the quarterback. But he's a fast, big man with a good get off. And being fast with a good get off also means you can win inside. He's just not very bendy. So I Sam Williams to me is probably a top sixty to seventy player in this draft. And I'm glad I saw so many cowboy things about him because I hadn't even seen him yet. 
because I hadn't seen him ranked highly by other people, so I hadn't gotten to him yet. He's pretty good. Yeah, we heard we've heard the name on and off, but yeah, I mean nothing will nothing will kick that conversation into overdrive like hearing and seeing that level of interest from the team. Brian, what do you think? No, I, I tell you what, this guy makes a ton of plays from the backside, and you could watch if you watch the Liberty game is a really good example of this when Willis is trying to go forward in the pocket, and he comes around behind him, and there's some indecision in that pocket, and then boom, you got a guy that's closing. I think Jeff's got the player right. I did see a little bit more power in that Auburn game. There were some times where uh, like they were trying to run the ball at him and he stoned the tackle, got rid of him and then made a tackle for loss right there. I thought was because I was interested in how much power the guy could really play with. I always say this about a guy, I mean, when especially a guy that, that gives great effort, he, this guy doesn't give up on plays. I mean, he when you, you could see whether it's you know the Auburn game, A and M Liberty games, the games I watched, I mean, you could see him just constantly trying to get to the ball, and I think that's something as a defensive end, uh, you know, you could uh, appreciate about him. So I, I you know, I, I think there is a little bit of an element of the slipperiness to his game. Uh, you know, Jeff's right. I don't think he's super bendy, but I think there's some things that you could see him dip his shoulder and get underneath the tackle and then kind of redirect to the ball. So I could see why the Cowboys like him. I could see why Dan Quinn went and worked him out. And it's funny because going back to Mobile, he was not on the initial senior bowl roster. He was a late addition after uh, somebody ended up leaving. It might have been Jermaine Johnson, but I think he was there even before that. But he comes out and he's in this white helmet. He's not even in the old Miss helmet. Yeah. It's just a plain white Riddell helmet. And he's running. And he's got the number seven. There's not even a name on the back of his jersey. And I was sitting around a group of guys, and we're all kind of looking down here at this edge rusher drill, and we're saying, who is that guy? Yeah. Who does that – where did he come from? Because he's not on the roster. He's not. He doesn't have a helmet. Who is he? And ultimately it ended up being Sam Williams. And the bendiness, like you said, it's not – 100% there, Jeff, but I think he's got a little more bend than people give him credit for. And the athleticism, the strength are certainly uh, where it needs to be. I, I kind of think he looks like a poor man's Randy Gregory, where the versatility is there and there's multiple things that he could do from a from an edge rusher standpoint. Don't ever go to NFL.com. <laughs> Auto play, if you baby. go to NFL.com, Auto it's play. playing something automatically. That's okay. They got to get those Son of get a those biscuit. Views. I was going to try and just talk right through I'm it all the way. I'm against this league. But it's I'm stuck under there protest. for a while. <laughs> I thought you did an admirable job Thanks, man. that's worth. To be fair, people talk in my ear while I'm trying yeah, to broadcast it's part a lot, of the job. So it's part of what it goes. But, yeah, I, I think he's a good player. And I think if you had to comp him, he's a poor man's Randy Gregory. I think I have two thoughts. One, we first talked about Sam Williams at the Combine when Dane was filling in for you two gentlemen who couldn't make the trip, mm -hmm. which we we all do our best. We all we all put effort into this. I think we would all agree we're not Dane Brugler. The man is a walking encyclopedia. Yeah. So I went back and listened to his scouting report, so you don't have to if you don't want to. Uh, was a basketball player in high school, came late to football, mm -hmm. uh, wound up having to go the JUCO route. There are there are off-field issues here, and I think that's probably why he's sort of been under the radar, especially for a position that gets as much publicity as edge rusher. Um, he was suspended in the summer of 20, I believe, for a sexual battery charge in the Oxford area. It was dropped. Uh, I'm not going to get too into the weeds on it because I don't know a whole lot more. But I will say, 
we've i mean for i'll try to work, take my words carefully but the cowboys are are have been willing to to consider those guys if you yeah. go back as recently as last year micah parsons came with maturity and off-field questions of his own josh ball is another one that we've talked about a lot so um I don't think that would scare them. I assume they're going to do their due diligence on it. Uh, but it's something to consider just when you're talking about the player, something to know. Um, and then the other thing I want – so this just reminds me – it reminds me of Demarcus Lawrence a little bit, to be honest with you, hmm. in the sense that you're stuck in a spot where the premium edge rushers in a class probably won't be there for you at pick 24. That's not normal. And everything y'all are telling me is this sounds like a guy – who can address that need later on in the draft? Hopefully, yeah, he I, falls to you at 56. I know I, yeah, I knew. I mean, they're probably going to get him around earlier than I would have him. I had him in the third yep. is where I had. And I think the one guy that the edge rusher, the premium edge rusher that you're talking about that they might have taken, blew out his Achilles. Mm. You know, uh, Ajabo. David Ajabo. Yeah. Ajabo, yeah. I think that he would have – I mean, I think that's the one guy that might have slid to him, depending on what they think about Johnson from Florida State. But that was the one guy that everybody kind of thought might be a first-round guy that would get to Dallas at 24. Initially, it was about Walker from Georgia and then the workouts and stuff. And that's just not going to happen, I don't think. You're seeing him go as early as top five now. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy. He's a really good player. Yeah. I mean, he's a really good player. But I hope you know people just they, you know take the workout, take the tape. Tape's good. You know, yeah. I don't know if it's top five good. And I don't want to say I'm surprised by this because it's what we've been talking about this entire time. Of this is going to be an ice cream draft class, right? Yep. yep. But I actually, I've I've been charting some of these mock drafts. Like literally yesterday, I just went and I compared Daniel Jeremiah's most recent mock to Mel Kiper's most recent mock to Dane's most recent mock. What are you doing? Just, I just, oh yeah, why would I? Why would I want to know? He? What are you doing? Who? So what are you OCD? Oh, I thought no. you were mad. Oh, he, no, he does he this every year. Out. Yeah, he yeah. does pulling this every a, year. He, pulling he, a Bobby Belt here. Just gotta. <laughs> I think it's interesting to know how different people value yeah. each prospect, yeah. and the variance is pretty nuts, honestly. Yeah. 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 Number one, you're right about uh, Trevon Walker. Yeah. yeah. And I just wonder though, like, does group speak take over after a certain point? Like, is in this, this draft? I feel like it's stronger than it can or has been in the past. Yeah. Because. For the most part, because it's so interchangeable, as soon as a group of people get enamored with a prospect, it's not unlikely that that prospect jumps. I yeah. really, I really think it's even more likely that you see that group speak coming to fruition. It today. usually, it usually the change, the big shift usually comes after the combine yeah. because what happens is media scouts will throw their opinions out there early, like we have in you know January, February, and then all of a sudden the scouts will then have words with the media scouts and the media scouts will realize oh i had that guy too high or oh i didn't have that guy enough or high enough so that's where i think that the really if you look at what was said in february march about these guys early march it's going to change after look just check after the combine because a lot of opinions about these players tend to change because the scouts then get with their buddies in the media and say you got this guy wrong or you got him right yep which uh, Jermaine Johnson's another one to be honest with yeah, you. Yeah. Uh, DJ's got him going top ten. Yeah. Danny Kelly, another guy whose work I really admire from the Ringer, has him going twelfth overall. Sure. And 
there's variance, but you just you see the valuation of that position specifically. That's what makes me wonder if there's a couple of positions here that I think that we're all would be completely different on. And you mentioned the ice cream reference, and that, that's about if you know my ice cream flavor is different from yours for sure. And so yeah, I think there's I think if we put all our wide receivers in order, they would be completely different. I think if we put all our defensive ends. Maybe with the exception of the top two, depending on if you you know like Hutchinson or Thibodeau, whoever you like. But other than that, behind those guys, I think it would be a completely mixed up order. And Dallas has done their due diligence on a lot of those guys too sure. that are behind that that upper sure. echelon. Because I mean well, they've met with guys like Drake Jackson, Nick Benito, yeah. Williams, like we mentioned. It might have had to pivot here since they lost Randy Gregory. By the yeah, way, sure, that might have been that might have been the big pivot there because you know all of a sudden maybe you're not thinking about defensive end. Remember when we did the show here. I think it was last week or you know whenever, but when Randy, we all thought Randy was signing. We did when we eliminated these defensive ends. Yep. Now Dan Quinn's out working out uh, a potentially a second or third round defensive end with some little bit of baggage from Mississippi. That's a really good point. I want. I, I mean, I tend to think they might have done that anyway, but. We, Jeff, you and I were talking about the defensive end rotation that's currently on this team on Tuesday, and I was like, "Yeah, I feel fine about that." Mm-hmm. I would love to, like, I would love to be a fly on the wall for Dan Quinn. He's just like, "I'm not fine with this at all. <laughs> yeah. I don't feel good about." I think, this. I think too is anytime you see Dan Quinn showing up at a pro day, that's a big stick in the room because mm-hmm. what's happened is Dan Quinn came in and gave your defense not only did he improve the scheme. He improved the accountability, and he proved it. He improved the player that's on the field. So Dan Quinn is going to have a lot of say in what happens on that defensive side of the ball. And so if he's you know working out a guy like Sam Williams and stuff like that, you know I think he's going to you know if it comes down to well, what about this player? What about this player? Dan's going to walk in that room when we're all sitting here watching the war room cam, and he's going to start pointing out guys that he's worked out. And this guy's going to work. So I, I would definitely keep an eye on the 30 visits, and I'd also keep an eye on where Dan Quinn's been working out people. Mm. We've been getting a lot of questions about 30 visits. I know. Got four of them. A few have leaked out. We mentioned Traylon Burks. Uh, Leal out of Texas A&M is another one. Olave from Ohio State. Chris Olave, yeah. Ohio and State. And Green. Green. And Green from Texas A&M, so the four we know so far. We're trickling. Yeah. We'll get, we'll get some more. It's, yeah. it, again, it's not April yet, which I feel like. The Cowboys' timeline for the 30 visits is usually like first two weeks of April, I feel Yeah, they figured yeah, that out. They'll, they'll start putting their board together, too, here pretty soon. Once all the pro days get in the books, and then they'll schedule with Jerry and Steven how their schedule needs to be, and then they'll start on their process. Given the Sam Williams focus, can I impose upon y'all? Let's Give me, give me your, your edge rushers that you're confident aren't going to be first-round picks, but maybe that... 35 to to 88 sort of sweet spot day two edge rushers that they might be curious about i heard a guy pronounce this name a little while ago so i think i can say this right ebbet katie at yeah. Penn state you katie would be good because i go. think five of them are going to go in the first round that's my guess yeah at least hutchinson thibodeau walker Karloftis, johnson mm-hmm. and then ojabo probably in that order too and ojabo who knows um, so then my next guys, my second round guys, Ebba Katie at Penn State. Mm-hmm. My next one's Sam Williams. Okay. Wow. Ahead of Boye Mafe, Nick Benito. Interesting. Enigbare at South Carolina and Logan Hall at Houston. You have him as an edge rusher, not a three technique? 
Yeah, I mean, he, he might what, be right. Jeff might be right about he's that. A tw- he's a, he's yeah. Yeah, he's a tweener. I've gone Put back wherever and forth. you want. I had him on both boards for a little I, bit. Not to piss Jeff off, but go, going back to my mock draft chart, not an insignificant number of people mocking him into the first round, by the way. Who's that? Logan Hall. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, too. he's not. He's been up there. No, no. I mean, you would take Wyatt. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely not. No. If I, if I were to put Logan Hall with my D tackles, he would probably be D tackle number four behind Jordan Davis, Devontae Wyatt, Travis Jones. He'd probably be the fourth one. By the okay. way, they had their defensive line coach up in the stores, Connecticut, working on the uh, Travis mm, Jones UConn? stuff. Go yeah. Huskies. Yeah. I see you. What do you got, Brian? I'm, uh, I am I tend to have Mafe is my second-round guy. I was Johnson, Ajabo, and then Mafe. That's before the injury, too. But I'm going to leave the kid at Michigan there. I think the Cowboys mm-hmm. do the same thing. It's you know They'll say, well, let's give the players due. They did it with... They did it with uh, Jalen Smith. They'll probably have a second, maybe first-round grade on him. They'll probably leave him there. But then I went with Williams, our Penn State guy. Then I went with South Carolina. Uh, and I, I don't really like Drake Jackson all that much. Mm-hmm. Uh, my Jay Sanders was down there, too. And then Benito would be my last guy there in the third is how I had that rated. I'm higher on, on my Jay than I think everybody is I I don't know why I could be completely wrong but I I, I like his strength I like his potential as an athlete uh, I have him in that second round category he's not above like a Boye Mafe mm-hmm. or an Arnold Ebikati uh, even Kingsley Enangbare from South Carolina those are the guys there the, I, I want to hear you if you guys have watched this guy Cameron Thomas from San Diego State. I have I have, I have I him have. in the third but he's kind of knocking on that door of maybe a second round potential what do you like about him I'll tell you what the thing about him is and you know initially when you watched him play i was i was just the motor on this guy i mean yep. it never he never stops and you know i was i was interested about him because i was kind of looking at he's 6'4 he's 267 he kind of fits that long rangy profile but this guy, I mean, when you watch him play, he has that ability to create turnovers. I mean, he's in the pocket. He tips passes. He chases the ball. He's got start-stop quickness. I mean, he gains a lot of ground on that first step. And then he's kind of able to sharpen that corner. So, you know, I was I was pretty impressed with him. You know, and again, this is one of those comparisons. I mean, and it's not just the white guy to white guy thing. But I think he's got some Ryan Kerrigan to his game. Mm. You know, that kind of thing. I, I think there's that kind of vibe with that high effort, high motor. He's in the way. He's knocking balls down. He's creating turnovers. He's getting sacks. I, I think this is a guy that I might have him around too low on where you know where my notes say he. <laughs> where do you be. have him? I'm in the fourth. Fourth. Okay. Yeah. One of my first thoughts all the way back in January or whatever about George Karloftis was Kerrigan. And I was like, are they similar or are they just white? Like, I'm not, I (laughs) don't know I mean, like, I I think with thing, I I look at, you know, Drake London from from USC. Mm -hmm. To me, he's like Adam Thielen when you watch Adam Thielen play. And, you know, his ability to run all these routes, high point balls, you know, get open. Maybe it's not always separated. But, man, he makes a lot of plays. And so I kind of was, like, thinking that's who I was watching when I saw Drake London play. I like that comp. Yeah. All right. Uh, finished makes a lot of plays. Finished a little bit early, but I feel like that just gives us more time to answer your questions. So we'll take a slightly early break, and we'll do Twitter on the 20 right after this. At Smoothie King, we are blending goodness to fuel your greatness. Every blend is crafted to help you achieve your health and fitness goals. 
Sweetie King uses only whole fruits and organic veggies. You'll never find sugary syrups or artificial flavors, colors, or preservatives. And unlike some other smoothie places, there are zero grams of added sugar in many of our blends. Smoothie King is proud to be the official smoothie of the Dallas Cowboys. Place your order in the app or online for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. What do you call a group of grown men and women with their faces painted silver and blue who get together every week to share a three-hour-long ritual of jumping, sinking, and toasting Miller Lite and 10-gallon hats while yelling, how about them cowboys? You call it Miller Time in Dallas. Here's to the cowboys. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller Time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. Football season is almost over, and that means tax season is here. With it comes Taxiety. Filing taxes can be stressful if you choose the wrong partner. Don't let Taxiety take over this tax season. Liberty Tax will help you get your largest possible refund or your money back. With more than 12,000 tax professionals nationwide, help is always around the corner. Check out Liberty Tax, proud partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Schedule an appointment today at libertytax.com slash cowboys. Liberty Tax, a brighter way to do taxes. Hey, Cowboys. Cowboys fans, if you're thinking about attending a game this season, visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Stay at the team hotel, have dinner with a Cowboys legend, and experience AT&T Stadium's exclusive VIP Owners Club. Also, tour the star, get autographs from your favorite players, and talk X's and O's with me, Mickey Spagnola. The official travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys will take care of all your travel needs. Visit CowboysTravel.com. This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Welcome back to the Draft Show. Uh, it's presented by Miller Lite. We're also presented by Liberty Tax. Don't forget to do your taxes. Yeah, don't forget. Dang it. Don't Still, want you to go to jail. I'm flying flying blind without my reads, but I do know Liberty Tax. Go check it out. They work with the Cowboys. Do you Cowboys. think they're happy with us right now? Yeah, yeah I'll see thrilled. you there at Liberty Tax. They we're, are th- we're coming no. down to the wire. I've got an appointment tomorrow. You want to come with me? Um, yes, come yeah. pick me up. I'm really... <laughs> I'll f- I'll figure it out. Scoop me up. I, I mean, three I, o'clock tomorrow. I'll be there. I, I said at the top of the show we're we're coming toward the beginning of April. I need to be thinking about that for yeah, sure. Sure, we're too busy with draft time. Exactly, we what are, are Kyle. Which uh, thank you so much to Jasmine who is producing yes. this place today. Jasmine, this is where you do the drop. Twitter, Twitter on the twenty. Hell yeah, fantastic. Let's get going. Um, all right, we got one from Chris. That I think is interesting more from a team building perspective than a draft perspective. But if a cornerback were to fall to you in this draft, uh, it could be first round, second round. Just let's just say a high pick. Do you try to do anything with your depth chart there? Obviously, you got Anthony Brown with one more year on his deal. Jordan Lewis, I believe, with two more years on his. Uh, so I, I see the logic there. You could maybe have some trade bait if you wind up with a much more talented corner than expected. I think Anthony Brown would like you to not draft a corner. Because this team, the way that they would look at it is, man, we'd really like our young Kelvin Joseph to take over a starting job anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then if I know how Stephen Jones' brain works, if they were to draft a corner, he would immediately go to overthecap.com, or I guess they have their own system of doing That's it. That's what yeah. I'm going to right now. Open the spreadsheet. And he would go, huh. We could save five million bucks if we yeah. moved on from this guy. So Anthony Brown is the one number on their roster that I look at, and I'm like, if they can, 
they'll release you <laughs> because that's where some money is. To be fair, I don't even know if they need to draft a corner. Kelvin Joseph just Joseph. needs to yeah. ball out. And tra- I mean, if Kelvin Joseph has a camp like Trayvon Diggs did in last summer, where you're just like, oh my god, this guy's yeah. killing it. But would you cut a six million dollar corner if you didn't feel good about your depth? Because I don't feel good about their depth. I would not, but they might. I'll ask yeah. this question. Then. I love having depth, but sometimes I feel like I'm especially the only at one. that position. Go ahead, Brian. McDuffie, Karloftis, Burks. Which of the three? Yeah. Oh, man. That is a really good question. Give me Karloftis. I'm torn between McDuffie and Karloftis. Like, like Burks is great, but it's Can really... I interest you in a lobby then? Mm, that's no. where it could be. Okay, then. I just, so you're not going to take a wide receiver at all? Premium. No, premium defenders are harder to find. Okay. McDuffie or Karloftis? Yeesh. Uh, <laughs> McDuffie. I go, wow. I go McDuffie. What do you think this team would do, though? Karloftis. Car- Karloftis. 100%. I'm interested to see what my guy to the right would say. Karloftis <laughs> might be the right answer. That's why I don't like doing top 50s, top 100s. Because <laughs> then you take guys who you have graded the same, and now I have to actually stack them. And you actually sure. have to do it. Um, That's my next step. This too. is what Brian hosting the draft show was like every day, by the way. If Just... I were putting together a top 50, McDuffie versus Karloftis, I think McDuffie would be higher. So I would take McDuffie. Let me ask you this. Does an answer? I'm a big f- Okay, well, I'm glad I agree with y'all. I think. <laughs> Tell me Come on, Mike Zimmer, don't do this to me. <laughs> Maybe. How much time do we have before the pick? <laughs> you got 10 minutes. There's other teams right on the podium. In Philadelphia only took 8 minutes to make that pick. <laughs> Karloftis wins more because he works hard than sure. because he's a freak, right? Which one helps yeah. you long term? I just I I want and I want the better athlete at the better position. That's yeah, I want what the I better want. player. But, yeah. but you're telling They're me both premier positions. But you're telling me is you guys really trust Armstrong? No, 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 no. See, that's what you do. That's what you do. You <laughs> no. are, you're always like, well, if you would take McDuffie, you must think the guys here are great. It's like, no, I just think that guy's a better player at a valuable position. It's got nothing to do with what I think of the end. See, and I think Karloftis is a better player and a better fit. So but you I'm, took I'm McDuffie? On... Are you no, took, no, no, no. You said Olave. Okay. I said Karloftis okay. either way. Is but, there another? Is okay. What about one of those guards? Okay, how about this? If you did it, where you t- okay? Take I would take both guards. Take Karloftis. Okay, guys. okay. So yeah. both guards over both. Those okay, guys. so Zion Johnson or or McDuffie. Uh, Zion Johnson. Really? Zion Johnson. Yeah. Zion Johnson or Stingley. I have Stingley graded higher, but I'm so terrified of Stingley. I love Jeff is afraid of his own grades. Like, no, he's not. Yes, he is. Like, I, have him in the, I have him this in the right place. Easy. I know that I do because Derek Stingley plays a premier position, yeah. and there's a Honestly, chance that he becomes one of the best corners in football. And yeah. I'm terrified of him. Sure. I think the way Jaylen that he's Ramsey answering just says that somewhere he's, else. he's confident in his in his grades because they're so no, close together. I, I was going to say, he's not terrified of his grades. He's terrified of making the call. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Well, he doesn't have to do that. Because even making show. the call, I would preface it. I'd be like, listen, here's the thing, guys. <laughs> if Stingley's the right pick. No, you're just in- but if he quits the team or gets hurt every year, That's don't say you. I didn't warn you. You're inspiring everybody in that war room. Okay, stack, stack, right it, stack it then. Stack it then. Do this McDuffie, Karloftis, and Zion Johnson. Zion, stack them. Stack them. Zion, McDuffie, Karloftis. Okay. That is, I'm, I'm impressed. I think. I, I guess. I just, I thought most Zion people... is complete. Those other two aren't. Like, okay. I, I think there is, and here I should probably balance that offensive guard. I don't think you would consider a premier position. Those other two are. Yeah. 
But that's what makes it a hard decision. Like, McDuffie has small, short arms, but his tape is incredible. Carl Loftus is short arms, not a premier athlete, uh, didn't even have big-time production. He just has really good tape. Mm. Zion Johnson is premier athlete, premier tape. It's just he doesn't play premier position. Yeah. I'm safe with Zion Johnson. I might miss with Carl Loftus or McDuffie. I'm not missing with Zion Johnson. That's a, I don't think. Probably something we don't talk enough about, too. Again, is we all have our own feelings about guys, and that's great. Does Dan Quinn like Trent McDuffie? You know? Like, yeah. if he doesn't, if his arms don't probably reach. Probably not. His, if he, he can't. Probably, well, as soon as they put the I measuring agree. tape down, he was like, get him nah, out of here. Get out of here. Dan yeah. Quinn is like, if you can't pull your socks up without bending down, I don't want you. <laughs> I'm not interested. So, uh, it's just something to consider. Um, Do you think then McDuffie would be a second round grade on their board for that reason? I wouldn't would, doubt it. I, I think I would. I would think that's a possibility. All I gotta do or maybe they wouldn't put him on there. Just go out and look at the DBs that have joined the team since he got here. I don't know mm-hmm. if he'd be a second-round grade, but I don't know if I trust that they'd draft him. Is he even on the board? At 24. That's, I, I honestly wonder that be on because the board. Like, teams do that. They have thresholds where it's like, guys, I know that he's a good player. He, we're not picking him, though, so okay. just don't put him on there. Yeah. And that's been one of the trickier things to – it's hard to reconcile that with with fans and listeners where you're like, look, I, I know he's a good player. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's, it's not, not for a, us. It's not a, well, it's not, not for them. Right. Not for, not for them. I'm like, I can't make them be interested in a guy that doesn't fit what they're looking no, for. No, you need to know Andrew Booth at Clemson, yeah. Kyrie Elam yeah. at Florida. Uh, Florida. Those him. are the guys you need to know. Yeah. I know you're trying to get to another question, oh, but I'm, okay. I want to hear Brian's thought on that same kind of ranking. Do you have McDuffie over those guys? Like Karloftis? I have Karloftis, McDuffie, and then I have Ingram. That's okay. how I would do it. If if that was Ingram, so or, Ingram over Johnson. Yeah, and right? I would do, yeah. I would do, I would do, I would do. If you if you threw in Burks, I would put Burks, McDuff, uh, Burks, Karloftis, wow. McDuffie is how I'd have it. Actually, as long as we're doing this, another question from Chris. If you ask good questions, I'll I'll, I'll ask them both. He says, and maybe this is a reach, but just bear with me. Uh, Trevor Penning versus the two guards, Green and Zion. Zion, Green, Penning. Now, if you want to prediction the order they're going to go in, yeah, Penning, Green, Johnson. <laughs> Penning are plays we, the are, premium position. So I'm just asking, we're good. We're good with the projection that we'd play Penning at guard. Or would you just go ahead and put Penning at right tackle and say, we're going to figure out who's going to play left guard? Yes, I think the second one. I, yeah. Are you going to play? This team would be like, "What are you talking about? You can't take Terrence Steele off the field." But no, that's what get I'm saying. Get out of my face with that talk. See, to me, if you told me uh, Penning or Terrence Steele, I don't know if that's so cemented, though, I really don't. Like, I know that they a just thought process threw a and good like right him. tackle yeah, off the roster. They did, cut but that doesn't mean that they're not going to go draft a guy either. Uh, they could 100 percent go draft a guy at 24. You'd still be getting worse on purpose and using yeah, a first I mean, round pick I, to do I, it. I, trust me, I'm not in that same camp, but I'm saying they might be. Like what you. Just said, they Let's just go, Bengals. Threw, they <laughs> threw a good right tackle off the team no, for Terrence Steele. Nah, he's hurt. I actually, I've, uh, I, I, apologies, I don't remember your name, but I've been getting blown up by one of our <laughs> listeners who's like, "Am I the only person in the world that's terrified about the swing tackle situation?" Yes. Yeah, you don't have one. No, yeah. no. The answer well, we'll is we'll see ball. No, you're not alone. <laughs> you don't yeah, have okay. one. No, I'm just, just made my heart <laughs> no, sink. But, but, but to them, you are that. To them, the balls are guy. Follow me here, though. What like? How highly are you willing to address that if you believe in Terrence Steele? You know what I mean. Like yeah. that's why I think we're not done with free agency. Third or fourth round. They're gonna bring an exactly, and that's what I think they're gonna bring another Inseki type of guy in here. If mm-hmm. I had to guess, because it's not a big enough need that you're gonna spend a premium pick on it. 
if you like Terrence Steele, which fives. I do. Yeah, I mean, I'm not worried about swing tackle in March. They'll do something about it. I agree. Okay, then would you say would you go get a veteran guard and not worry about that spot, or does? Or oh, do you, right, the second I think they should sign a veteran guard. I think we've said that to. from the beginning. They're so, going. To. Yeah. I think they should sign a or trade a late pick. Man, for we have a totally year old we've totally soured on McGovern, haven't we? So not, they, maybe not. A, they, 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 yeah, they I was have. about to say, what am I in the league? Since he was in the nineteen class. Yeah. So he's been in the league three years. He's then, entering his contract year. And in year three, you got a shot at it. Uh-uh. No, we and don't believe in that. He played center in college, and they won't even let him See, try here. Like, okay, no, this, I have no This belief. is where my worry is. I don't know if we talked about this on Tuesday. I know we got to get to questions. My worry is you have a split room now about these offensive yeah. linemen, yep. especially the guards. All of a sudden, the scouts are going, well, okay, Joe. You really didn't like our guy McGovern, who we gave a one a one two one grade top of the second round, and we got in the third, and you really didn't want to play him. You know, and Joe's like, Well, you guys can't find me a guard. <laughs> Joe hits play yeah. and goes, No, I couldn't. Yeah. See, so that's what I'm saying. I wonder well, if get it's, out there on the road, my guy. Help no, us find a guard. But that's what I'm saying. I wonder if the scouts are gonna be on board with anybody that Joe selects or Joe wants. I wonder if they're gonna try and slam holes in Joe's guy. If they don't if they don't draft a guard in the first round and they don't sign a veteran that's a capable starter going into day two of the draft will you be freaked out or do you think that you could get to the let's say in the second round they don't pick a guard so you don't have a left guard and you're going into the third round you freaking out here's here's the thing a little bit Probably. Are you ready for the Cole Strange era? <laughs> I like him, a little Chattanooga. I don't. I don't feel like I. I don't feel like I have to entertain this because they're gonna sign a guard. What a they jerk. just. They are. They are. They're gonna what sign a, a guy for like eight hundred and fifty k, just like they did with James Washington and all these. So other guys. So you don't like you don't like Penny over Green or uh, Zion Johnson. No, and I like like I like Penning. I don't think Penning's tape is close to Johnson or Green. Like, they have incredible tape. Yeah. Penning is a really big, strong, violent dude yeah. that's tape is okay to pretty good. That He just has great size. And he's, he's super got a high powerful. ceiling. He's a mauler. Yeah. Right. He's got he, the He plays an important position. Yeah. What about Cross? You take Cross over those guys? I would take Cross, cross over, over both of those guys. Yeah, Cross is yeah. my favorite guy, so that's a bad question for me. But I, I will say this, though. Are you worried about, like I say, you put pinning a right tackle and something happens to Tyron Smith, left tackle, you could just immediately just do that? And I mean, that. Does that yes. mean more to you than having a guard? No. I just, I want to have my best five that I feel good about going in. Yeah. I know we're going to have to do stuff during the year. Yeah. Because it's football. Yeah. Something is going to happen, but I just want to start off with the good five. Yeah. I think th- if they you- don't always agree with you. Well, they're not always good at this. Yeah. I am. So <laughs> if the Cowboys want to get this draft right, I'll do it for Confident. relatively cheap. Eight years of doing There's this, that right? confidence you were looking for, yeah. Dave. For you what? have to keep Will, and you got to keep Chris Hall, yeah. and then I'll, I'll handle it. You'll be the rest I'll, of I'll value their opinions, but I'll handle it. I just, the right guys. I just know that there are members of that part of the building listening to this. And yeah. Jeff's being tongue-in-cheek. That's yeah. all, guys. It's, it's all facetious. It's yeah. facetious. Listen, scouts don't make the picks. True. I believe the Cowboys have an awesome scouting staff. Yeah. They don't pick them. Yeah. 
So like you can get these guys right and put them in the right order and tell the coaches the right order. So you're telling you're locking Joe Philbin out the room then. Yeah, I don't need Joe. Yeah, yeah. You Coach, you're listening. I don't need you. No. I was actually all right. We're just we're abandoning. We're abandoning. Will McClay and Stephen and Jerry don't need Joe Philbin either. I was like, my about offensive this. line coach doesn't need to tell me who to draft. Yeah. I would say no. Your job is to coach the guy. I Did give you me. lose faith in Joe Philbin when he got rid of Lyle Collins? I have very little faith in any coach as an evaluator. Like, if you've proven to me that you're incredible at it, then I'll listen to you. Yeah. Other than that, you can tell so, me before uh, I go scout. I was with a couple. I was with a couple that were pretty good, but, but I understand what but you're like, saying. But, like, you can tell me, if you're the offensive line coach, I'll be like, what do you value? Tell me what yeah. you want. Yeah. And then my job, not yours, is to go find them. And I'll put them in order for you because I was, that's my job. I was thinking about this very thing last night. Brian, are there, have you ever heard of a team in the league basically doing that and saying, like, Give me your list of specs, and I'll go find the guy, and you shut up. Like, just get out the of guy, the guy, The guy, the guy, the head coach at Green Bay, he wasn't involved with the right. draft. Yeah. They didn't. I mean, they. it's kind of the Packers' way of doing things. I mean, he's probably surprised that he could go on the road and evaluate people. I get that you want a they, they value the coach's opinion here yeah. a lot. I get that you want alignment between all the different parts of your team. But when you think, and this isn't Cowboys specific, this is just the league. Yep. Like when you think about the politics that go into this, like yeah. the coach is like, I need this guy if I'm keeping my job. Yeah. Well, that's not what the scouting department should care about. Yeah. Just find me the best players. And so I think by and large, it's, this has worked Look for the what's Cowboys. Going on. Look what's going on in Miami right now. Mm-hmm. The two teams that were interested in the Hill deal, Jets, Miami, both general managers might be getting fired. So you all of a sudden, you're pushing everything in the middle. It have, the last two general managers that have won the Super Bowl, both were guys that were probably going to get fired. Jason Light at Tampa, yeah. ask him about that. He's thinking, man, I've got I've to find something. Tom Brady falls in his lap. Les Snead? I don't know, man. They might not want me around here too much. Let's push everything in and go. You know, I don't care about draft picks. Look what, look what Chris point. Greer's doing at Miami. Chris Greer's trying to prove to you that Tua can play. His his career is based on more whether, that he can't. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> We're going to know by December. That's one what I'm way or saying. The other. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. We'll when, know if, real when, quick. If, if they don't do well in Miami, Chris Greer gets fired. That's somebody else's problem without draft picks and a high cap and all that Shoot, stuff. They still have picks. That's why. That's why this this free agency and stuff is crazy now because general managers know they're going to get fired after three or four years. It used to be these guys stayed for 10, 15 years and kind of did their job. Kind of build a foundation. Yeah, and these, let it roll. these owners are like, bro, pack out. You know, ain't yeah. got time for that. Yeah. Kind of a related topic. Uh, Stitch. Except here, the general manager's not going anywhere. Fit them. You are, well, you are correct. One day. Yeah. <laughs> one day. One well, day. One day. In, I mean, yeah, we're all going all right. somewhere. I'm, I'm, I'm hopefully not too fast. Not just him. <laughs> I'm out of here. All of us. We're going somewhere. Backing away from the microphone. <laughs> Stitch wants to not wants to talk about the value of receivers. Um, oh, Jeff's here for that. Tyreek Hill. <laughs> receivers are awesome. Tyreek Hill was yeah. traded yesterday for a boatload yeah. of picks. Sure. And Will McClay actually talked to us about this in Indy, just about like NFL evaluators. Mm-hmm. Are, can count on like five good receivers coming out of every draft class. Sure. Is the position being devalued at the top in the sense that teams no. would rather trade these guys away no. than no. sign one? Have you seen Tyreek Hill's contract? Elaborate. Yeah, yeah fair. They are plenty valued. Yeah. What that is, is, and I know this is going to bother people because there's a segment of the population that has no idea what they're talking about that pretend that there's no salary cap and you can just do whatever you want. Yeah. 
You think the Kansas City Chiefs wanted to move on from the best receiver in football? No. no. Think the Green Bay Packers wanted that, to move on from this, the best this, receiver this in football? Is, this nope. is the best. This is great right here. Salary cap's real life. It is real. Jeff gets all crusty on us. The Kansas City Chiefs decided, all right, we have a $45 million quarterback. We have a $20 million tight end. We can't have a $30 million receiver. And that $45 million quarterback gets bigger and bigger and bigger as it goes right. along as well. So he's they, right. it, And so they said, crap. We have to move on from it. Now, do you have a better chance at replacing at least decent production at wide receiver than at maybe edge or left tackle or corner? Quarterback. Sure. Yeah. But I think the value of the incredible receiver, it's $30 million a year now. You are, you are right, but I do think, yeah, I think maybe there's a growing line of thinking that's like, okay, if we've got to replace a contract, this is the one we can do. Cowboys did it with Amari as well. It's like... If if somebody that's making north of eighteen million has to be replaced, we our best bet is to find a receiver on the cheap, rather certainly rather than a quarterback, rather than a defensive end, rather than. I think it all else. depends on where you are, because like the Dolphins, we already talked about Chris Greer, right? But also they have a young quarterback that honestly the entire league has no idea if he can play, and if you had to pick a leaning, most people would probably lean towards can't, mm-hmm. and you haven't been good for long so you don't have a bunch of big contracts on your team so you can like the cowboys who going into this offseason had eight or nine 12 million dollar players you can't let me rephrase you can but much like the chiefs and packers the cowboys decided the potential disaster later is not worth what we would have to do to keep this guy around like that's what happened with the Chiefs. Yep. Is they they looked down the barrel of the salary cap and they said, "All right, what would we have to do?" And they went restructure that guy, that guy, and that guy, and then we could do it. And they go, "But we don't want to be stuck with that guy, that guy, and that guy at even more money later. We want to be able to get rid of them." And they went, "Crap, yeah. trade Tyreek Hill." Yeah. And that's yeah. how it goes. I hate to say it, I think he's right. He's I mean, he spot right. on. Honestly, he's right. Yeah, he's yeah. right. That's how it goes. <laughs> Cap's real. That was a very Brian Broadus episode of Twitter on the 20 in the sense that I think we got to three. I'll tell you yeah. what, man. We, we cov- went all we over the place. We covered too. some ground and had a few sacks along the way. We got plenty more episodes <laughs> to do better. Uh, but first, we're going to take another break, and we'll be right back to finish this off. Football season is almost over, and that means tax season is here. With it comes taxiety. Filing taxes can be stressful if you choose the wrong partner. Don't let taxiety take over this tax season. Liberty Tax will help you get your largest possible refund or your money back. With more than 12,000 tax professionals nationwide, help is always around the corner. Check out Liberty Tax, proud partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Schedule an appointment today at libertytax.com slash cowboys. Liberty Tax, a brighter way to do taxes. Hey, Cowboys. Cowboys fans, if you're thinking about attending a game this season, visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Stay at the team hotel, have dinner with a Cowboys legend, and experience AT&T Stadium's exclusive VIP Owners Club. Also, tour the star, get autographs from your favorite players, and talk X's and O's with me, Mickey Spagnola. The official travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys will take care of all your travel needs. Visit CowboysTravel.com. What do you call a group of grown men and women with their faces painted silver and blue who get together every week to share a three-hour-long ritual of jumping, sinking, and toasting Miller Lite and 10-gallon hats while yelling, how about them cowboys? You call it Miller Time in Dallas. Here's to the cowboys. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller Time. 
Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. This is Chad Hennings, former cowboy and proud veteran of the United States Air Force. When my fellow military veterans choose VA, they receive life-changing benefits from the Department of Veterans Affairs. If you are a veteran, you may be eligible for health care, education, and training benefits, a home loan guarantee, housing assistance, and more. Choose VA for the benefits you've earned. Visit choose.va.gov to learn more. That's choose.va.gov. This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Final segment of the Draft Show coming at you. This was my planned first segment, but it'll work just fine in the third, which we kind of touched on this with Tyree Kill in the last segment. But this is all of a sudden a very unique-looking first round of the NFL draft in the sense that a quarter of the league doesn't have a pick. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, This has been— And they're okay with that. It certainly seems that way. Yeah. So, obviously, the Chiefs get Miami's 29th overall pick yesterday in the Tyree Kill trade. That makes them the sixth NFL team uh, to have multiple picks— the Houston Texans also got an extra one for their deal for Deshaun Watson. They pick third and 13th. The Giants pick fifth and seventh because of the Justin Fields trade. The New York Jets pick fourth and 10th because of the Jamal Adams trade. The Eagles have three picks. Uh, the Jalen Waddle trade and the Carson Wentz trade. I was about to say I can't even keep it all straight anymore. And Green Bay also has two ones because they traded Devontae Adams. Yeah, one of those two teams, Chiefs and Packers, is going to get my sky more. You think it's gonna happen? You really think Sky Moore is gonna be a first round pick? I do. I can't. I do. I oh, I don't think he'll be a first round pick, but I, I do. G- can guarantee he'll end up in one of those spots where you look at it and you're like, man, they're good at drafting, and they did it again. I think anybody who would be shocked by that I'm is not, wrong. I'm not shocked. I wouldn't be shocked because Brian. we've talked about him more than any other prospect in this class. <laughs> I tweeted the guy might end up in Kansas City yesterday. Don't Sorry hate. you muted me. I don't blame you, though. I blocked you. I don't blame <laughs> you. It's, it's a transparent block where you can't see that I blocked you. I will say this, though. Um, if Clyde Edwards-Alaire can go in the first round, I guess Sky Moore I think if you're, I think if you're Green Bay or Kansas City, you know, Green Bay has a history of not selecting first-round receivers. 2002 was the last time they did that. And uh, so I, I kind of feel like, though, that these teams at the back end, maybe they think if it's going to stretch, the receivers are going to stretch. But with the multiple picks, you almost have to think, we got to get this guy around early. When you're drafting on the back end, you almost have to think around early because these players like a Sky Moore is not going to be coming back around to you in the second round. That's where that's and, and that's where Jeff, I think, is right. You know, would would a team at would a team at, at uh, would say the uh, let's say uh, Seattle has a pick at nine. Would they take Sky Moore? No, they wouldn't. Mm-hmm. But if Seattle was drafting at twenty nine or thirty, sure. That's where you almost have to think like around earlier when you're on the back end because the, the level of players, everybody, that's the advantage of picking early, of course, is the better players. On the back end, you have to be a little bit more creative with who you want. You have to think about it and someone say, boy, that, you know, Mel Kuyper, us, whatever, go, well, that was around early on that guy. No, they don't think that player is going to get back around to him. That's why you see. And that's why Sky Moore could go very well to – Green Bay, Kansas. I, I tell you the thing that's inviting about both those places, both cold weather cities, both play cold weather ball. You know, Sky Moore playing at Western Michigan. He's used to playing in those conditions, and he's a really good football player. 
Yeah, the two Ohio State guys did that too, though. I yeah, mean. no, and that's what I'm saying. That's why Chris Olave and, and yeah, absolutely Wilson. That, yeah, you know, that's why you're gonna you're gonna get that kind of. Uh, I'm gonna take Sky Moore over Chris Olave. You can just enunciate if you want. To. I'd take Sky Moore over Chris Olave. There you go. And Jameson Williams. Oh my. Okay. Is he your wide receiver one? He's wide receiver two. Who's who's one? Garrett Wilson. Oh. Interesting. I can't wait. See, that's what I'm saying. Again. If we, if we, if we, if Sky Moore doesn't become a decent NFL player, it's going to be bad. At least him. this isn't the. Uh, who no, the everybody guy? has a Joey. Darius Washington. <laughs> well, this Jeff, isn't our Darius no, Washington. No, because he's not. He's below not a, the threshold. Yeah. Like 32 teams would pick Sky Moore. Sure. Probably yeah. three no, might pick. Sky Moore is going to get picked and picked high. Yeah. He's a great. He would be a great fit for Kansas City. As accurate as that quarterback is throwing the ball and the move at all the platforms and the way the guy moves around. Yeah. Which, so all right, let's. Let's, let's start in the back and move up. And that's it's so easy to peg those type of players mm-hmm. for your Kansas City and for your Green Bay. Mm-hmm. That Kansas City did it with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. You just yeah. sort of plug a guy that you think is good into an offense that doesn't need a whole lot. Do you see that happening? Or, I mean, I could just so easily picture Green Bay drafting like a Jamison Williams. Jamison Williams can end up in Green Bay. You you think they're going to do it? You think I mean, they're no, going to draft I, I the think, receiver? Because they got they got two picks. I I, I mean they haven't. Rodgers would probably mutiny. They haven't they done it. Yep. You know, like I said, they haven't done it since 